praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Why don't we just sit down while we're clapping our hands to the Lord and give Him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Let me just remind um, the men tonight um, that Sunday night, of course, will be a men's meeting. And if you don't have a book yet, let me know. I've got some left. And so we'll be covering that first chapter, the long haul. And so let's have that read, at least perused a little bit, and so that we can do some discussing. And um, I thank God for book studies. I think the last one that we had was a big, big benefit to just everybody, just about everybody that came. And so we're going to believe God for this one too. Um, also, tonight we're going to be covering a couple of lessons. Um, what a difference a week makes, huh? Um, last week we, you know, the city, well, prior to about 6 o'clock, they had the, the, the city um, shut down. And just as a word of reminder for you folks, when the city does that, we comply. We just feel like, you know, just for the, for the aspect of safety, it would be better if we didn't try. I mean, 10 years ago, folks, I'm, I would have died in a wall. I'm going to be at church, and bless God, that's the way it is. And I'm not saying that was always the wisest thing in the world, but sometimes we think faithfulness is, is taking unnecessary risks. So just so you know, the winter season is upon us, and so um, if the city shuts down and says don't drive, that, and it's a church day, then you can just rest assured that that's what we're going to do too. Amen. But today, or I should say tonight, we're, we're dealing with a, um, a, um, uh, a different section now. We've got four lessons, actually two of them we're going to deal with tonight. Uh, and it's in regards to a voice in the wilderness. And tonight's uh, the first lesson. We're going to talk about what God says is true. I'm not going to be able to spend a whole lot of time on this lesson, but I do want to briefly go over it with you. And I do hope as a way of reminder that you are taking advantage of this book. Um, I, I just, again, I can't say enough about it. I think it has a lot of good content. And um, I think with, the, um, with at least reading through this and looking it over, I think these lessons have a, a greater opportunity to stay and stick. And so keep that in mind. Um, I, I'm thinking everybody that wanted one has got one. So um, uh, keep that in mind and keep reading that. The big idea tonight in this lesson, 2.1, is that we or I will have faith in God and believe what he says is true. Now that's, you know, again, that's sometimes a little more difficult to do than it is to say, but that's the idea that we have, we want to build ourselves up upon our most holy faith. Amen. And so um, we will have faith in God and believe what he says is true. Um, several characters we're going to be t looking at tonight. One of them, of course, is Zacharias and Elizabeth, it's, it's uh, unique the way God starts out um, certain things with miracles. And the miracle of a birth when, you know, it was, um, you know, physically impossible is, is not a new thing in Scripture. I mean, we see that all over the Bible. And so tonight we're going to look, you know, we're going to see two of those episodes in one chapter. The first chapter of the book of Luke deals with these two scenarios. And um, I think it's a, it's a pretty good, uh, good thing. And so never forget, you know, we talked about last, the last time lessons. We talked about one of the things that we, we, we discovered through creation is that God really does want to develop a relationship with us. He does. And don't forget that because that's, that's, that should be one of the most important things that we think about every day. How can my relationship with God 
get deeper. And I mean, there's just tons of stuff out there that can help us with that. But think about that. Because as our relationship deepens with God, we're going to find it a little bit easier to believe in His plan. We trust Him. We know that God isn't, he isn't you know, working off the seat of His pants. He isn't making this up as He goes. I mean, this is something that God has all planned out. And I have to trust His plan. And when I do that, praise God, lots of good things can happen. Sister Carnahan, I think I will have you play that first video about John the Baptist. Let's go ahead and look at that. And um, you go ahead and, and play it. Thank you. John the Baptist is one of the most perhaps underrated figures in all of the New Testament. I think part of that is because he was martyred quite early on and didn't continue on as a disciple because of that. But uh, he's enormously significant as a bridge figure, a transitional figure, uh, not only from the Old Testament to the New, but also as a central character uh, introducing people and preparing people to meet Jesus. Uh, the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, present John as a forerunner. A forerunner was someone who would uh, run before the king and serve as a herald announcing the presence of the uh, royal one who was to come. So in that regard, perhaps we might think of John the Baptist almost as a, maybe a trailer, uh, a film trailer before the main attraction, or perhaps as uh, an MC uh, announcing to an audience uh, the, the feature attraction that's to come to try to prepare them for uh, this major uh, production. Uh, so in that way, John the Baptist was a major prophetic, uh, prophetic voice uh, directing people to Jesus, and his primary message was that of repentance, and he carried out the baptism of, re of repentance. So his central role, we would say, uh, is to prepare people's hearts um, uh, before Jesus came on the scene and to point uh, towards him. I've had uh, some John the Baptist-like uh, figures in my own life. Uh, one of those uh, was a guy uh, many years ago named Mike, who uh, was a friend of mine. We had uh, 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 traveled together with a group overseas, and uh, he came to visit me in upstate New York. And uh, his central role for me was to pray with me and to point the way to Jesus. Um, I can remember uh, seeking the Lord, uh, uh, crying, praying with him, and uh, for me that was very much uh, a preparation for uh, my later relocation to Boston to study at the Berklee College of Music where I uh, participated in a Bible study that was uh, uh, leading me into Acts 2.38 salvation. I'm of the firm opinion, especially given my own background, uh, that it's so important that we serve uh, as sort of John the Baptist figures, uh, pointing the way, encouraging people, uh, not, not being overly harsh or judgmental in terms of where uh, people have been and what their current Christian experience may be, however deficient it may be, 
but to uh, help facilitate and lead people in a positive direction towards a fuller understanding of apostolic truth. And so we I thank God for John the Baptist. Uh, what an amazing figure. Uh, rough and tumble, an Elijah-like uh, uh, character, kind of burly. Uh, but he got people's attention. Uh, he, was, he was one that, uh, uh, you know, he was uh, as sort of a, a promotions director, so to speak. He was pointing people, uh, helping prepare them to fully embrace and put their entire faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Yeah, I, I agree with what he's talking about here, about the fact that we all need a John the Baptist in our life, somebody to prepare us for what's coming down the road. And, and I think, you know, like we need one, we can become that. Sometimes this is what we do with the seed sowing that we find ourselves doing in. Um, let me pose this question. Let me ask if, if I can get maybe a couple of definitions. Um, over here first, what, what is your definition of status quo? Yeah, status quo. That's okay. What are you, anybody over here? Boy, am I just stumped the, the, the Congress. Okay, go ahead. What is the norm? The current norm. The norm. Yeah, that's what I would. That would be one of my clear understandings of it. When somebody says this is the status quo, what they're saying really is this is what the norm is. Well, one of the things, and I'm sure all of us have discovered this with living for God, is that's not how God does it all the time. God doesn't do it the normal way. And sometimes we get upset, sometimes we get nervous, sometimes we lack an, uh, uh, a, an interpretation or an explanation of it. We just, there's just no way. I mean, God just decided to do it. Well, tonight, the reason I, I let off with that is when we talk about these two characters, we're talking about, um, you know, Zacharias, and we're talking about Elizabeth, we're talking about Mary, and that type of thing. It's very, very evident that God <laughs> wasn't doing things according to the status quo. That he was going to, you know, uh, we're, the term we use today is he was going to get out of the box. And so with John the Baptist, this is what it was. John the Baptist was a, was a man that was, um, um, you know, that was born under not normal circumstances. Amen. If I don't get to it tonight, read the story. The story in Luke of chapter number 1, verses 13 through 18. This is a conversation that the angel had with Zacharias. And it's, um, you know, quite a deal. And Zacharias, of course, was a priest. He was doing his priestly duties. And he was just trying to, you know, do the best he can. All of a sudden, this angel appears to him. And he's troubled about it. He's going, whoa, what are, what's going on here? And, of course, like a lot of us sometimes, he has doubts. And that's really the, one of the biggest differences between Zacharias and Mary. It wasn't that Mary, you know, uh, you know, hook, line, and sinker, but she did not doubt. Zacharias did. And one thing I will note to you, <laughs> and I think God sometimes will do this, you know, God shut his mouth. He thought, you know, this is going to be too important. And if you're going to sit here and you're going to wonder about it and you're going to, you know, create all kinds of doubts with people, well, I'll just keep you silent for nine months. Anybody interested in that? Did they say to the Lord, well, yeah. Well, and it's the truth. That's what happened to him. You know, the, the angel told him, he said, okay, from here on out, you're not, you're not going to be able to speak. 
And so, you know, I thought that was quite interesting in, in that observation of him. Um, let me make these three points and then maybe we can go on to the next lesson. First of all, John the Baptist was prophesied to be the forerunner of Jesus. Let's never forget that God confirms his word with signs following. That's one of the reasons why I, I'm, I, I'm so passionate about reading and studying and knowing His Word better. Not to try to impress people, but I have learned, and I'm sure many of you have too, that that's where we can get some of our greatest confirmations. It's right there in the Bible. It says. You know, some people say, well, that was the Elijah that was reincarnated. No, that wasn't the truth. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says that he was coming in the spirit of Elijah. Amen. So there were some similarities there, obviously, but it wasn't, you know, one and the same person. And so sometimes we got to really read the Bible and we got to, you know, um, um, get those kind of details confirmed in our own minds. But make no mistake about it, John the Baptist was prophesied. This was going to happen, praise God. And I think it's, it's a beautiful thing, you know. And, and a lot of times we find that that's how God proves himself. What does it say in the book, I think in the 40th chapter of the book of Isaiah, that he, he can tell us the end from the beginning? Well, and you talk about prophecy, that's a lot of times what happens. Is God, hundreds of years before it happens, he will prophesy that this is going to happen. I remember, I think some of you might remember this for search of truth, but for, you know, the prophecies concerning Jesus Christ that if all of them, you know, that obviously they did come true. I mean, it's just absolutely mathematical um, uh, a tremendous mathematical um, event. I mean, God does that kind of thing. And so he does that, praise God. And so what had to happen with Zacharias and Elizabeth is they had to, like we do sometimes, they get in introduced to the plan of God, but then now they've got to start having faith in what God is going to do. Can somebody, can you say amen to that? Amen. I think a lot of us, that's just where, where we come from. People introduce things to us and we start finding out what the Bible says and stuff like that. And really what has to happen is we need to start building up faith in the things that God says. And that's kind of the big idea of this lesson. That that's what I'm going to work on. That God, you know, in times past maybe I've stumbled or I've, I've had a lot of doubts and I've allowed those doubts to stay around too long. Well, I'm going to start working on that. I'm going to start having faith in what you say, praise God. And I'm going to start rejoicing in it as already here. Yes. Praise God. Try that sometime with healing and then get back to me. I'll guarantee you that some of you are going to have some results. You're going to say, that one worked. Amen. I just started praising God for the healing. And all of a sudden, man, I just, I forgot all about that thing that was, that was plaguing me. And now I'm well and that type of thing. And so, again, always remember that Zechariah and, and Elizabeth, I'm not, I'm not putting them down. Don't misunderstand me. I'm just telling you there was a process that they had to go through. And a lot of times that's the same process that God will take us through. And so read that story, not from a critiquing, critical aspect, but just read that story and see if you can find yourself in there. Praise God. Zechariah uh, Zach, Zachariah was just doing the will of God. He was just doing what God wanted him to do. Praise God. And, and all of a sudden the angel came on and said, okay, this is what we're going to do. Praise God. And so this is it. And, um, uh, and so the, 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 the second point is, is that Zechariah and Elizabeth had to have faith in the plan of God. 
The third thing is, is uh, and again we're still referring to this, this particular Bible study, is that God proved to them, God proved to them that they could trust him. Amen. She did become pregnant, even at an old age. Amen. And so God proved that to him. And so I believe that a lot of times these kinds of st similar steps will happen in your life and in my life. Amen. First of all, we'll, we'll discover prophecy. And then we need to begin to have faith in the plan of God. And then if we, if we stay around and, and, and we stick with it, which is really the, that's our, our responsibility, God will eventually prove himself to us. And you and I, we can walk in, in the things of God and, and have, have um, confidence. Amen. Yeah, you know, I don't know about you, but as a musician, that, was some, that, that is something that I have learned in life, is that you can learn how to play an instrument, you can get proficient in it, and so on and so forth. And you think you can be sitting in that room all by yourself, and man, every note is coming off really great. But then put about four or five people in front of you. Yeah, seems like I just forget like it, what, you, what, what you just learned. Amen. Well, what has to happen? Well, in my opinion, one of the things that has to happen is we need to begin to have confidence. Confidence in what we know. Praise God. Amen. Many of you, you come to this church in this in particular local assembly here, you are going to have an opportunity to get involved in Bible study. You will. Amen. And, and that's your privilege. And that's your choice. Amen. But having a knowledge of God sometimes is the first step. Now we've got to start having confidence in that knowledge that God gives us in Jesus' name. Why don't you just lift up your hands right now and just voice that to the Lord. Maybe some of you are struggling with a certain thing in life, but just ask the Lord to help you in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for giving us opportunity after opportunity, Lord God, for you to prove yourself to us. And the patience that you display for us, Lord God, is just amazing in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We serve a great God, don't we? We serve a great God. Before I move on here, let me just give you a few other examples of the way God doesn't do things the status quo. Okay? Now, John the Baptist was not born status quo. Amen. Another example would be, you remember that little kid that came up with five loaves and two fishes? Remember that? You know, Philip asked the question, man, it's going to take 200 pennies worth to feed all of these people and that type of thing. And Jesus just asked a simple question. Remember that? What he got? Well, bring it to me. And boy, what simple steps, huh? Think about that as you're progressing in your daily life with God. Amen. Don't be afraid to approach, approach God and give Him your ideas, but why don't you listen for His? His idea was, well, what do you have? What do you got already? Well, we got this five loaves and two fish, and then bring them to me, and Jesus began to break them. Wouldn't that have been an exciting lunch to be involved in? I would have loved to been there, praise God, and I just think of that in Jesus' name. I think of another not status quo you know, was the fact that here he goes to the wedding. Really, it's the first time that we see Jesus in, in the public, you know, and, and that type of thing. Well, they run out of wine. They run out of the fruit of the vine. And, of course, again, you know, um, his mother approaches him, and he's, you know, seems pretty standoffish, doesn't he? 
He does at the initial. Well, what's that to me? You know, well, Mary had enough faith in him that she just she didn't have any idea how he was going to handle this. Amen. She just said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. That's some tremendous advice, folks. I, I just think those simple instructions can really take us a long way. And all of a sudden, he took something that was used for washing dirty feet, and they filled it up, and praise God, it was something that was going to refresh them in Jesus' name. And so you think about that, praise God. You know, the next time you're in a situation, maybe God is trying to get the status quo out of us. Amen. And boy, what, what, a, what, a, what a tremendous thing that we can see happen to our lives in Jesus' name. You think about it. Somebody came up to it and asked you the question. Amen. They asked you to describe God's love. How would you do that? Yeah. Yes. You know, uh, Brother Sean, you just hit the nail on the head. This is what God wants to do a lot of times. Somebody said, why did God do that for us? Why did God heal me? Why did God provide for me? And that type of thing. And sometimes we have a tendency to point at our behavior or what we do and that type of stuff or what we bring to the table. And no doubt about it, Jesus said so at times, he said, according to your faith. So I'm not trying to dismiss that altogether, but a lot of times God will do what he does for us to show his love for us and so that's one way that that could happen praise God is that maybe God will use us sometimes to get out of the status quo to provide for somebody so people can firsthand begin to know how much God loves them isn't that a beautiful plan that sure takes a lot of pressure off things doesn't it when we just say, well, hey, if God does it, man, we're going to give him all the credit. If he doesn't, well, he'll probably do something else. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. That is, that's a tremendous thought in Jesus' name. And so as you review these daily devotionals and you begin to talk and, uh, think about you know, Zacharias and Elizabeth and, and John the Baptist, because as, as our, our, our person said tonight, John the Baptist was a very, very important person. He was the forerunner. He was the one, you know, one of his greatest duties was to introduce Jesus Christ. Behold, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. And even he stumbled at the status quo. Baptize you? <laughs> no, I think this ought to be the other way around. Yeah, but Jesus, again, not the status quo. He said, for thus we fulfill all righteousness. What Jesus was showing John the Baptist and the whole world. See, Jesus did not have to be baptized for the remission of sins. The Bible says he was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. So there wasn't a need for him to be baptized for the remission of sins. But Jesus as a man needed to fulfill the plan of Almighty God. And he was proving to the world, praise God, whether you understand it or not, this is the right thing to do. Isn't that beautiful? I'm telling you something. I never get used to how God can show us. You know, I never get used to the fact that He can keep showing us different things and in different ways in Jesus' name. And, I, and I'll tell you something. I thank God. Praise God. Status quo. Yeah. Yeah. I think the older we get, sometimes the way we're stuck in that. But we have to be careful in Jesus' name. So we've got to believe what God says. 
This is what our goal has to be. And whatever's coming our way that would try to keep us from that, let's recognize that right away and shut it down. Amen. And allow God to bring more and more. Now, let's talk about the, the second lesson tonight. And this has to do with His purpose. Amen. God has got a purpose in everything that He does. Sometimes, again, we can't stand, we, we can't see it right away, but I believe that God can prove that to us and He can show us. You know, the big idea for this lesson is just this. I will commit my life to God so that He can use me for His purpose. See, a lot of times God will use others around us and man, we rejoice in that and I think that's great. I, but hey, how about you? Can God use you for His purpose? Well, that's one of the strong points of being committed to Him. Amen. Not that you're working your way or trying to prove to God, but by being committed to the Lord, that gives God an opportunity to use you in Jesus' name. I was talking to Carlos today. He, he called me after he went to the jail. And he was making the remark of how you know, one person came out, which I think that's great. There was lots of times I went up there and there was only one person. Amen. But the bottom line is, you know, in a ministry like that, or especially in a situation like that, teaching those kind of Bible studies, one of the major things that God calls us to do is to be faithful just show up just be there just be willing to you know to impart whatever I give to you in Jesus name and so you think about that all of us can can be a part of that that type of a ministry for God we all can be committed we all can you know take on you know somebody in that type of thing and so for his purpose you know let's think about that and and Mary of course was used in a great purpose, there's no question about it, praise God. And so God uses committed people to fulfill His purpose in the world. That's what God will use. Somebody said one time, the two abilities that God uses probably more than others is dependability and availability. That's what He uses. And so those are, those are both of those things we can develop. We can develop that in our lives in Jesus' name. And so with the help of the Lord, praise God, it's going to happen in Jesus' name. Let's talk about something here and kind of maybe lighten up here just a little bit. But um, um, again, I'll pose the question. Uh, what is something that sounds too good to be true? What is something that sounds too good to be true? How about you? What is Yeah. Yeah, what do, what do you think an example of something that would be too good to be true? I don't know, a good deal on something, I guess. Yeah. Value. Maybe a, a merchandise, that type of thing. How about you guys? Something that's too good to be true. Can you think of something? No? Boy, we're just stumping this middle row here. How about you guys here? Something that's too good to be true. How about you, Tom? What do you think? A gift, okay. How about you guys over here? Something too good. A free house. A free house. Somebody came up and said, here's a free house. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that one would be something, yeah. How about you, Sister Carnahan? Eat whatever you want. Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah, you to be able to walk. Well, you will in Jesus' name. Praise God. You know, I remember, I remember um, and some of you will, will smile about this, I remember we had a knock on our door when we lived back in Dubuque in our upstairs apartment, and here's this guy with this vacuum cleaner. <laughs> yeah. 
And his major statement to us all the way through his presentation was, this is the last vacuum cleaner you're going to have to buy. Wow. Boy, that's the epitome of too good to be true. How about you guys? Something that's too good. How about you, Darren? Well, and I think all of us, we can, you know, sooner or later you'll come up with something, probably on your way home tonight. Man, I should have told them about that. But the bottom line is, I, there's no question about it. All of us have been uh, recipients of that kind of, and I, I'm going to be very bold tonight, nonsense. That there's a lot of that out there, that this is just, that isn't going to happen. Somebody said if it's too good to be true, it probably isn't. You know, well, sometimes we have to be careful with that when, we, when, when we're being approached by God. Because, you know, you think about it, every one of your sins being completely washed away. Somebody giving you a brand new life. That almost sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? Well, it isn't because we know the one who is making that kind of promise in Jesus' name. And so again, we, we, need, to, we need to think about that. Well, let's talk about this lesson. And again, this one is, uh, is in the same chapter here, the first chapter of the book of Luke. And it's a beautiful chapter in my opinion. It's the, you know, after um, uh, the Lord got done with Zacharias and Elizabeth, amen, just immediately after that, you know, it seemed like he begins to deal with Mary. And again, we're talking about not the status quo, that God is going to do something here for her and with her that, man, almost sounds too good to be true if it wasn't God saying it. And so again, we have to be careful because, you know, God speaks to us. A lot of times this is what he will do sometimes is he will begin to tell us what he's going to do. And it's up to us, like the last lesson was talking about, it's up to us to believe what his word says. That you and I have to get to a place, praise God, you know, that we believe what God is doing. Well, let's get down to the, to the brass tacks here, or the nitty-gritty here. Mary heard the voice of God through Gabriel. That's what she did. There was a messenger angel that came to her that day. And she heard his voice, praise God. And I'm going to tell you something, you know, that must have been really, really, really something. And again, I, I, you know, you compare the two um, um, responses. You know, Zechariah, he was going, how is this ever going to happen? I'm just an old guy and my wife's old. You know, Mary didn't say that. She just said, how? How is this going to happen? You think about it, you know. She was smart enough to realize how it works. And she says, I don't know a man. But then the angel went further because she was open-minded. And sometimes that's why we have to be careful with the things of God. A lot of times he will introduce something to us and he will explain it later. But if we immediately shut him off right off the bat, you know, we don't give God an opportunity, praise God, to take it a step further. Come on, can anybody, by the raising of the hand, can you think of a time that maybe that happened to you? Sure. Well, this is what I'm talking about, praise God, that God has a purpose Amen. And sometimes that purpose is what will bring out, you know, the reasons and, and so on and so forth. So we know that God speaks to his people. Can you say amen? amen? He does that. Who can tell me or what, in your opinion, how does God speak to you, William? Does God speak to me? Yeah, how does God speak to you?
Sure. How about you, Jeremy? How does God speak to you? Impressions. Okay, that's a good idea. God speaks to us by impressions. Marvin, how about you? How does God speak to you? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes we read something and we go, whoa, yeah, I remember that. How about you, Mindy? What, how does God speak to you? Yes, the Spirit of God, that still small voice. Wow, boy, that's one we got to get a little more detecting on, don't we? But that's good. Anybody else? Okay. okay, everybody give Alicia a big hand. She made it tonight. Yes, that's all right. I'm just having fun, you know. But these are all good things, and I know probably many of you could come up with other ways and that type of thing. But the thing that I want to emphasize here tonight is that God does speak to you. Every day he speaks to you, praise God. It's just that sometimes we're too busy, sometimes we got this going and that going, and sometimes we get the waters a little bit muddy, don't we? Well, it's a good thing that Mary didn't have that in her life, and I think one of the reasons she didn't, now this is just my opinion, is she was committed. She was committed. And that's why I'm going to put another plug in for being committed to the things of God. A lot of times if we bring a lot of things into our lives, we just muddy the waters. But if we're committed to God, if we start saying, you know, I'm going to start sorting out some of the stuff in my life that really will bring confusion and things like that, I believe we can begin to hear the voice of God a whole lot more clearer. And boy, I mean to tell you, it can begin to be, uh, it can get to get, to be excited, praise God. Now one of the keys, in my opinion, one of the keys for us to know that God is speaking to us is for you and I to learn how to listen. Listen. Listen to the voice of God. Not always happen to say something. But Lord God, I want you to speak to me. I want you to, I want you to do that. We probably say that quite a, bit, you know, quite a bit of time. But do we give God the opportunity to talk to us? Think about that. I think that's one of the things that really can begin to uh, bring his purpose out in our lives and we can begin to see things a whole lot more in Jesus' name. Well, let me show you something here. Let's turn in our Bible. Sister Carnahan, if you want to go ahead and put it up on the screen. Let's, let's talk about a conversation here, you know, um, since, since the subject has been broached. Look at Luke chapter number 1 and look at this story. Again, chapter number 1 of Luke and look at verse 26. Bible says there, it says Luke 1 and 26, it says, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Okay? Verse 26. Okay? Now I'm in 27. It says, To a virgin rather, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Here we get one of the chief characters of this study. And the angel came into her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. Okay, so that's kind of a natural reaction, okay? Well, the Bible says, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation or greeting. Why is this guy here? What's he doing? What's, what's the purpose here? This should be. Well, again, verse number 30, it says, and the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Wow. You know, I bet you, if we, if we listen long enough, 
I bet you all of us might hear that. Think about that. Now, I'm not talking about doing a big, huge project for the Lord. I'm just talking about hearing God's approval. A lot of times we, we want, you know, healthy self-esteem and we want a good, you know, uh, disposition about the things of God. Well, listen, I believe God wants to bring that to you. I believe a lot of times if we can learn to hear His voice, praise God, I believe that God will do that. Amen. Thank you, Sean, for coming to church tonight. Thank you, Leisha, for teaching those children on Sunday morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Carlos, for being in the prayer room. Come on, I'm talking about God dialoguing with His people. Amen. And so here it is. Boy, that sets it at ease. Boy, we can, we can move on from here knowing that God's, you know, he's, he, I've got favor with God. Man, I'd be willing to listen all day now. Now, come on, I know I'm bringing out some simple truths here, but you'd be surprised, praise God, how many times we just forget this, that God wants to really have a dialogue with us. He wants to begin to share with us some things. Amen. And boy, when He does, it's going to be exciting. Well, let's, 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 let's move on with the conversation here. Look at verse 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb. Now he's explaining what's happening. What's going to happen here, Mary? You're going to have a baby. And you're going to bring forth a son. And we've already got his name picked out. Hallelujah. Come on. Some of the most... I, I, man, I just appreciate what God brings to the picture because a lot of it I don't have to do. Amen. And so he said his name is going to be Jesus. And he's the one that's going to be great. Can somebody say amen? And he shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob in verse 33. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Somebody give me a big amen. amen. I like that message. Praise God. Well, here's Mary and she's listening. Listening to this. And after, you know, she, after a while she's going, well, how can this be? How, 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 how does this happen, you know? And of course, she wasn't doubting, in my opinion. She was just saying, how, how is this going to come about? Praise God, seeing I don't know a man. And again, verse 35, the explanation came. And the angel answered and said unto him, unto her, come on, say it with me, the Holy Ghost. Amen. One of the, one of the ways that God speaks to us, Mindy came up with that tonight, the Spirit. Come on, never, never, never underestimate what the Spirit of God can do. Come on. You don't think you can teach a home Bible study? Well, let the Holy Ghost get involved. You don't think you can be a witness? Come on, let the Holy Ghost get involved. Come on, I'm telling you something. That's where the possibilities become, pos become possible in Jesus' name. You and I, we have received power from on high. We are witnesses unto the Lord. Come on, the Lord speaks to us. And a lot of the one times, He wants to speak to us via His Spirit in Jesus' name. And this is how He did it with Mary. This is His purpose, folks. That's one of the reasons why He gave us the baptism of the Holy Ghost is so that He could speak to us. And the scripture says in the 16th chapter of the book of John that the Spirit's going to lead us into all truth. 
And so you and I, we can rest assured, praise God, that God's got a purpose. And that's why he wants to speak to us, and that's why he spoke to Mary. And that's what the angel told to her in verse 35. The Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing, I don't think that's disrespect, he doesn't even know, know what to call it. He said, which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And here's what I want to help somebody with tonight. Praise God. Amen. Also, is that God has always got a way of confirming His Word. And here's what He did for Mary. This is why the conversation that was between Zechariah, Zechariah and Elizabeth you know, was so very important. It's because God was starting with John the Baptist. Amen. John the Baptist was born about three months before, before Jesus was. Amen. I'm talking about the biological one. But the bottom line is, praise God, God was going to use that as a witness. Look at verse 36. And, and the angel said, Behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived the son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was was called barren in Jesus' name. Isn't that a beautiful story? I'm telling you something, folks. This is what you and I can, can, this is one of the things that you and I can learn from that, praise God. Even though Mary didn't understand it, she was able to come to a place where she believed it. How do I know that? Well, it's very easy. I'm not going to read it, the rest of this. But if you read down the, the page there, she, she headed off into the, into the, into the hills. Come on, folks. She did something about it. She said, hey, you're going to give me a good example. I'm going to go. And so think about that, praise God. That's what tells me that Mary believed God. Amen. And so you and I, you know, a lot of times when it comes to the purpose of God or God speaking to us or whatever, you know, to whatever degree that is, a lot of times what we have to do is we've got to deal with these doubts. We've got to deal with that unbelief, praise God. And I believe that through His Word, through that relationship, through that, um, you know, through that uh, trial and error and whatever the case is, I believe that God wants to begin to do that for every person in this place right now. In fact, I feel so strong about that that I'm going to stop right here and we're going to have a word of prayer in Jesus' name. I believe that God is already speaking to your hearts. I believe that God has already given you some marching orders. I believe that God has already told you some things that He wants you to do and that He is going to accomplish through you in Jesus' name. Come on, we're going to shake these things and these things are going to become alive in us again in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Yes. Praise God. Yes, tonight, Lord God. Confirm this word with signs following. Help us to get back to that simple understanding that, Lord God, you love us. You care for us. You have healed our bodies many times. You have, you have provided our means in our lives and in our homes. You have done these things for us because you love us in Jesus' name. And now, Lord God, we want your voice to become a whole lot more clear. We don't want to stumble at this stuff like we used to. Lord God, I'm believing that. I'm believing for clarity here in this room right now, in this Bible study, for these people in the name of Jesus. I believe that you are imparting that unto them, even here tonight, in the name of Jesus. And I give you the praise and the glory for it. Hallelujah, Lord. I do. I give you the praise and the glory for what you are doing for these people tonight and for the rest of their lives in Jesus' name. We're never going to be the same again. 
Oh, hallelujah. Come on, I feel an excitement about what the Lord is doing. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. You can be seated for just a few more minutes. Praise God. And this is part of His purpose. Never forget that. Come on, let's review the lesson. Praise God. And please, please look at this devotional. It's got some powerful things to say about this lesson that will really help you to understand what's going on. But first of all, God speaks to His people. That's what He does. Amen. God isn't one to, to leave it up to our imagination. He will bring His thoughts. Amen. One of the challenges we have with that, though, is that God's ways are higher than ours. That's where we stumble sometimes. His motives are pure. His purpose is real, praise God. And so what has to happen is we've got we to work on getting that, you know, getting that on, on an even keel here if we can, praise God. But He first of all speaks to us. And then second of all, praise God, God's ways are not the way our ways are. We talked about it tonight in another, in another way. We talked about status quo. Remember that? Status quo. What is the norm? Praise God. And boy, that's a big discussion. That's a huge discussion sometimes you can have with people. A lot of times people don't even know what the norm is. They just don't. All they know is what people are telling them. All they know is what the world is teaching them. Amen. And it's up to us, those of us who know God, those of us that are, are growing in our relationship with Him. God put His purpose, God's purpose is to put us in that position, praise God, where at least we can start telling people what the norm is. You know what the norm is? The norm is God loves you. He so loved the whole world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have eternal life, praise God. That's the norm in the kingdom of God. God wants everything everybody to be saved in Jesus name but again like we said that his ways sometimes his ways we struggle with that and boy I mean to tell you you know that that one is 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 an obstacle that you and I have to overcome the third thing that we want to talk about or we want to reiterate about the Bible study here tonight is that God uses ordinary people lift your hand and say I'm an ordinary people Welcome to the Ordinary People Club. Amen. Sometimes we think of the most talented and, and all that business, you know, and, and, and one of the Bible studies I had this week, I, I can't think of which one it was, but it doesn't matter, but we talked about servant. Amen. And Jesus straightened that out with his disciples. Remember that when they came and they said, well, listen, you know, the mom came, you know, and, and who can resist moms? Jesus can, okay? He had to. You know, and she was saying, hey, listen, I want you to put one on the right and one on the left. Well, Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking. You know, and to make a long story short, he said, let's get into the, into the, into the, into the deeper part of this Bible study. And he said, the greatest among you would be a servant. Learn how to serve God. Learn how to just be faithful. Learn how to come and just say, God, I'm available for whatever you want to do. And then you can expect that God will not only speak to you, but His ways that are further or higher than ours will become possible. They'll come down to us. That's what that scripture talks about, by the way, in Isaiah. It says, as the rain comes down. And weren't you glad that it rained last night? I did. I was rejoicing in that. Man, alive. 
First thing I said when I got out of bed this morning and I looked out my curtains, I said, thank you, God, I don't have to shovel snow. (laughs) I think that was a great idea. (laughs) Praise God. But God brings his ways down to us. And that's what we can expect in Jesus' name. And so Mary was just an ordinary person. She was just an ordinary person. Amen. I sing a song sometimes at Christmas time and, and the song just goes, why me? Why her? Why did you choose this? Well, I don't, I, can't, I don't have all the answers to that, but I do know that Mary made herself or allowed herself to be available. And you and I, we can start practicing that. We can start expecting the Lord to do some great things in our life because just very simply, He loves us, He cares for us, and He, praise God, is going to use me in the name of Jesus. So don't, don't forget that, praise God. These lessons are so valuable. God wants to use us to reach this world. There's no question about it. And if I will commit myself to Him and to His purpose, believe me, God will begin to use us a whole lot more than we, we think he, he ever will in Jesus' name. How many here tonight want to be used more of God? Do you? I feel that desire here tonight. I feel like you've come tonight looking for some ways that God can, can use you in Jesus' name. Well, why don't we, as we end this Bible study tonight, let's stand, praise God, and let's expect God to do something this week in Jesus' name. Come on, never forget God's word or what God says is true. And God, for His purpose, He will begin to to bring it to pass in Jesus' name. Come on, let's pray together right now. Let's trust the Lord for what He has for us. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank You for these devoted people. I appreciate for faithfulness, Lord God, to the house of God. I appreciate the people that are online with us tonight. I believe that you're touching their hearts tonight. I believe that you are are just searching to and fro for those that can be used for your purpose in the name of Jesus. And God, I believe it. I believe tonight, Lord God, that you're going to make a difference. That this is going to be, this is like an intersection. We are in an intersection and we are, are, are able to make the right turn here. We are able to go the right way in Jesus' name. And as we do that, Lord, we can expect more and more and more and more from you in the name of Jesus. Lord, bless these people. Touch their lives. My prayer for them is that nobody will ever be the same again because of what we've heard here tonight and because of what you bring into the, into the picture in Jesus' name. Come on, why don't we just take, a, take about 30 seconds and rejoice. Come on, let's rejoice.